Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fertile of a Pomegranate Podcast. Um, Paddy's back, and he's going to be doing most of the talking in this podcast because, uh, as I just reliably informed him there, it's been four days since I've slept more than an hour. Um, so, yes, I do look I, I do look as shit as I, I feel as bad as I look, should I say. <laughs> um, I feel like, uh, you know what, it's, um, yeah, we leave it at that, I think. <laughs> Paddy, how are you doing? Long time no speak. Well, I'm good every day, but long time no speak well, to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, all is good. Feels feels a bit like summer. There's there's no football, and I've just been sitting in the garden having a nice cream, and I'm just in for a game of, from a, watching a game of hurling. So it definitely feels like summer. So I'm uh, yeah, nice and relaxed, and uh, looking forward to everything that happens now that the transfer window is about to open and the fixtures come out on Thursday. So there's a lot a lot going on, but. Uh, yeah, and looking forward to my own holidays as well. So it's uh, nice times. Nice times indeed. Uh, Paddy, do you know what? When I started this podcast what, nearly three, three, nearly four years ago, I think it's nearly four years ago now, one of the things I never thought I'd ever see is that somebody would reference Val Dunican on our podcast. So for anybody out there, Google Van, Val Dunican, but Supi Mark asked did the Val Dunican fan club meeting you up for a run. And uh, I just, just, what a bunch you guys are. What a bunch you guys are. I love you the bits. <laughs> but it's, uh, no, the Val Dunican club didn't, didn't, uh, didn't overrun, but, um, what we are here to talk about, I think, today is look, it's been it's been eventful around Villa Park. Um, been eventful, you know, we've had people going out, we've had people coming in, we haven't even heard your view on Tielemans, Paddy, since he's come into the club. 
and uh, rumoured com- incoming of, of Manchi as well in, into the club as well. And uh, I don't really know where to start, so I'll let you probably take it away. I don't know, do you want to start with Tielemans or do you want to start with, with Perslow leaving the club? Yeah, uh, which came first? We'll we'll go in chronological order for once. Uh, Tielemans came in first, didn't he? Tielemans came in first, yeah. He did, yeah. Uh, look, it's... It, it's for me. It's a no-brainer. It's it's great to have him in. As uh, sorry, I have to stop touching my glasses because my friends start watching the podcast, and he says all I keep doing is this. So I have to put my hands behind my back. So sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. Like like you're in the penalty <laughs> area, Paddy. Like you're in the penalty area, and uh, yeah, and and you're playing, and and Bruno Fernandez is bearing down on goal. Or, or I pretend I'm. Do you remember we were in the Aston Inn and I was singing Liam Gallagher with my hands behind my back? <laughs> 20 quid to anybody in DMs and I'll send you the photographic evidence. Oh, stop. <laughs> I, I even had some poor woman's coat on, hadn't I? You did, yeah, yeah. I remember her name at some stage. Maybe oh, you come to during the podcast. Yeah. Anyway, Yuri Tielemans. Um, I'm, I'm excited by it. I'm happy. I'm like... It, it, it kind of came out of the blue. We we got a, a little bit of a notification about an hour before that it, it could be happening, and then all of a sudden, uh, the Athletic David Ornstein leak, leaks it out. The club then confirm it. So, absolutely great news to 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 get it over the line and get it over the line early. Um, these for me, these are important. That now bear in mind, he has gone on international duty. I presume. Um, he's on international duty. I haven't actually checked, and it wasn't on the list today from the club because he's not actually our player yet. So it wasn't yeah. wasn't their place to be to be saying he's on. I presume he's in the in the the Belgium squad. He's he's been a mainstay of that squad for many years now. But uh, yeah, really really good player. Uh, not not without a couple of faults. Um, probably doesn't have the engine that you know a lot of our players have. But uh, I would say I would say he's a guy who's really looking forward to to seeing what Emery can do with his career, bearing in mind that he's already ten years into, even though he's only twenty six, he's ten years into his professional career. That haven't made his his debut for Anderlecht at sixteen. So, um, look, really good player. He he's he's he hasn't had the best of seasons this year. Um, and the the one thing I always liked about him was he was never injured, and then he picked up an injury this year. I think it was against Arsenal. He landed awkwardly on the ankle, and he, he you could see towards the back end of the season that he wasn't quite running on full tilt. So maybe he's not in that uh, squad. You can Google that while I'm talking. I away. am trying to I'm trying to find it. That's <laughs> what I'm doing. Yeah, but I like I, I reckon he's uh, it, it might have done him good if if he wasn't in the Belgium squad because he was carrying that injury. And you could see he wasn't on full tilt the last few games when he was played by by Dean Smith. So, um, look, really good player, really exciting. Um, has a lot in his locker. As I said, he's probably not as quick or as lively across the pitch as as most of the guys that we're used to. I'm talking about McGinn. I'm talking about Douglas Louise. I'm talking about Jacob Ramsey. Um, but absolutely vital that we get players like this in if if we're going to get into the group stages we are going to need to rotate those positions we are going to need to see players come in and do different jobs so yes total 100% thumbs up for me I'm absolutely delighted with it and I think he will be a, a brilliant signing as it as was uh Bubakar Kamara so great to get him in early I hope we get a few more in early because I'd like to see a full pre-season from everybody this year as many as we can possibly get in in that time and I'm sure there will be more to come 
Yeah, I, I, I'm. It's an interesting one because, uh, uh, like, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to the to the lack of engine piece. I don't look. I suppose we're we are spot for for people with with that engine. I'm doing air quotes because I don't even think you define John McGinn as having an engine. What's above an engine? Yeah, for what John McGinn has, because I think I think we're spoiled, and that sometimes you look at, at like last year specifically, John McGinn was um was being criticised for maybe being too uh how would I put it too sprightly around the field, getting around the field too much. I think uh like your your achievements is uh, I said it when I did did my piece on him, he's plenty fast enough to um to to play in the Premier League. Like he's played in the Premier League for what five years now. Plenty mm-hmm. fast enough playing league. He can get around. He, he's he's high press is amazing. Like what you he's he's a, he's very good at high press at, at pressing high and getting around the field. Um, but he's just not lightning quick. That's the difference in it. So I think the injury is is a big piece that you brought up there. I actually neglected to mention that. Um, I completely forgot all about it. But uh, as I say, he's only had four injuries in his career. Um, mm. And his career has spanned quite a long period of time. And, the, and this one, in fairness, is probably pro- probably the worst of them that has kept him out the longest. Anyway, yeah. um, I, th- I think that happened in Seven February. Games, he, he, was out. he only got back. He only got back then at the, the end of April or something. So yeah, yeah. Look, I I, I I'm nitpicking by saying he, he hasn't got the engine. He he obviously isn't as physical as oh, yeah. as a. Uh, as what you know, what we have in there, like Dougie and Dougie and uh, and Bubakara are, are very physical guys. They're well able to tackle. That's not his bag. He gives us something completely different, and I'm delighted to have him in there. It's as simple as that. But people are probably sick to death of hearing people talking about it, and, and you did a fairly good job on it when uh, when you were uh, talking about him yourself. So you know, uh, if people want my opinion, that's my opinion. I'm absolutely delighted with it. It'll be great to get a couple more in like that. Um, I'm sure, and we'll get on to Manchi later on. If 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 Manchi comes in, Manchi has a reputation for uh, completely mixing up the squad in the summer and bringing in new players. So it'll it, there's interesting times ahead, but this one is something to be excited about. Yeah, just just a little one here. Uh, Rachel mentions that Tiedemans needs a, a physical presence next to him in the pivot. I'm not so sure Tiedemans plays in the pivot for Aston Villa. I think he's been pigeonholed in there for Leicester over the last he has, two seasons. Yes. And um, you know, how do you negate a lack uh, 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 and, and look, he's not fast as I say, he's not, he's not slow, but if you want to get a creative player or somebody who's good at the short and intermediate passing like he is, um, how do you unlock that a small bit more? You 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 probably put him up the field. Uh I'm not saying you put him into the ten position, but I'm just not sure he plays in that pivot. I'm not even sure that Aston Villa will play a full double pivot next season because yeah, realistically, I don't think they did this season. Um, but it's an interesting no. one, Richard. And you are right. If we do play a double pivot there, you know, Abubakar Kamara or um, a yet to be unsigned player, um, maybe <laughs> somebody who's who sits in there with him. Um, but that is uh, that that's that's one of the reasons why I, I I'm not so sure you see him in that sixth position regularly. You will see him there from time to time, but I'm not sure that you'll see him there regularly for Aston Villa. I think he probably plays more out to the right hand side of that that narrow midfield. Um, for me, I, I think that yeah. that's where he would play for Aston Villa. Um, but as I say, you're you're 100 correct to say that he's been yeah. playing pivot for the last uh definitely two years anyway for for Leicester mm-hmm. when he's been when Leicester have not been going great. And it, and it's nearly it's nearly been a, a three. 
defensive three in that midfield <laughs> for for a lot of the yeah. time because they've, they've been fairly poor. Exactly. And, uh, and look, it's 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 no slight on him that they've been fairly poor. There's a lot going on at that club that we don't know about and probably never will hear about. But uh, there's a huge clear out needed there, and, and a new management yeah, team will have to absolutely. sort it out. And I don't envy the person that has to do it because I think I think they've eight players out of contract, and there's a, Lester, a yeah. load. There's a load more that will be um, they're out of contract at the end of next year as well. So um, anyway, this isn't a Leicester podcast; it's an Aston Villa podcast, and okay. delighted delighted to have him on board. Off, offers something a little bit different. Uh, scores scores plenty of goals as well, and. Neil, the one thing I didn't hear over the last week or so, whatever it is since he signed, he takes penalties. He takes penalties, <laughs> yeah. That's what I like. So we have a penalty taker in there. Whether he plays every game, I don't know, but we have a penalty taker. Matt Hanlon, thank you so much. Matt says, points for podcasters. Glad to catch you lads live again. Interested in the Manchi comments, which we will be getting to in a moment. Uh, but we'll be forever grateful for what Perslow is able to do with, with NSWE. Understand him wanting more than a reduced role, but up the villa. That's a great segue, I think, Paddy, to the next yep. talking point. Um, is Christian Perslow a step down um, as a CEO of Aston Villa? Take it away, Paddy. What are your thoughts on it? I said a bit last night that I might actually chop up into a YouTube short or into a piece in its own if you guys have missed it. But um, I went off on a rant about, about Perslow, mm. but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Well, my thoughts on it is it's this is not something that has just happened at the weekend. Um, like we, we've been discussing, um, geez, I forgot his name already. Al Almani, is it? Yeah, Alman. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Alemania, or whatever, whatever way you pronounce it. So, yeah. what, what, how long is that going back? About six, eight weeks. Uh, it was yeah, about four weeks ago only. Right. Okay. Well, with all of that, and then we've got uh, Mr. Beck Book coming Heck. in from Beck coming in. <laughs> Heck. Hey. Heck. H E C K. <laughs> John Heck. Is that his name? Chris, heck. Chris, heck. See, I'm I, the one who get, it was not getting any sleep, Betty. Well, I've been, I've been asleep sleep. for the last two weeks. That's what's wrong. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so Chris Heck, that's done a long time. They've been talking about uh, Alaman coming in. That obviously fell through. So it's quite obvious that this was in the pipeline for some time. Um, I did hear such a long time ago that uh, if it wasn't for... COVID that we probably wouldn't have had the five years out of Christian Porslow. So it is, you know, it's not unexpected for me. I certainly won't lose any sleep about it. And I think we'll be in an okay place come the start of next season. Um, there's some really good business people coming in. So uh, I fully expect Manchi to be done and dusted in the next few days. And we'll, um, we will just will it, it will just revert to type albeit that there will be a more focused job for those two guys as opposed to what Christian Porslow has done now with regards to Christian Porslow himself I'm not saying that I'm happy he's gone uh, I obviously have a lot of respect for him and everything he's done in the game in his time at Liverpool his time at Chelsea didn't always rub everybody up the right way and that's okay where he will be lost and a lot of people haven't mentioned this is at the boardroom table in the Premier League, he is one of the one of the most vocal people in there. So you you take out the greedy six and add Newcastle into that. So the greedy seven or whatever you want to call it, and the most vocal person in the room 
is is Christian Porzlow. So we'll miss that. We'll absolutely miss that. Um, and who knows? Maybe uh, maybe Heck will will do the same thing. So um, we will we will have to reserve judgment until that happens and, and until somebody tells us that that's what's going on in, in in the boardroom of the of the Premier League. But look, he did a really good job. He has steadied the ship both financially and eventually on the pitch when we when we secured uh, the Premier League status under Dean Smith. Um, I try not to to dwell on the fact that he hired Steven Gerrard. That's absolutely fine. It was a mistake. I'm sure he would totally say himself it was a mistake. We've moved on from that and look at where we are now. An absolutely incredible appointment. Everything is in a much better place. I don't believe he's been pushed aside or stepped down. I don't believe he was offered another position, a lower position. I believe it was his choice to go and he goes with all our blessing. Well, not all our blessing because I know he has rubbed people up the wrong way and that's fine. If that's your opinion, that's fine. But for me, if I met him in the street, I'd shake his hand and say thank you. Yeah, the the, the big piece that I harped on about last night as well was that, um, and, and, and we actually haven't spoken about this at all, even in text message form. Um, since the news broke yesterday. So I was genuinely interested in what you had to say there. And you obviously haven't listened to the podcast from last night, Paddy, because I was the one who brought up that he was the he was the person who was banging the table in the Premier League meetings. And uh, he was very vocal. And he, uh, you know, he he went in there to be a thorn in people's side if he needed to be and fight the corner of uh, of Aston Villa Football Club. And, and, and I think that that's, he knew, what he was stepping into within those Premier League meetings as well. And maybe maybe he didn't always vote the right way, maybe he didn't always make the right decisions in there, but he made sure that when he went in there that uh he wasn't gonna sit there and look into look at his navel for the whole for the whole uh the whole meeting. He was gonna get stuff off his chest if he needed to and, and that is having a delegate like that is um it's important, I think. I think it's important when you're trying to make your way within the within the league, I suppose, re-establish yourself within the league, I think that is important. And like you, Paddy, I, I, I subscribe to the notion that only for COVID he probably would move down quicker and probably by his own volition. Um, and uh, I, think, <laughs> I, I, was, I was complimentary enough about him last night. I, I, thought, I thought that he would... Um, I thought he would have left by his own volition around the time Grealish went, but then COVID hit and he, he was asked, I'd say he was asked that he probably saw it himself that, you know, yeah. stability was, was the key from, from in, in that instance. And mm. uh, then when, but I, think, I think there was, I think there was a, a carrot dangled in front of him too, of, of the redevelopment and overseeing the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the, you know, there was a lot going on with, with negotiations with the local council and, and the, the, the rail, network and all that kind of thing so he probably came into his own with that as well so for that as well i absolutely thank him for that and you know they're just they're just in a position now to, to push the button when the uh when hopefully uh uk and ireland are awarded the the european championships and 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 that will be done for 2028 yeah. so he's here for five years they always said it was a five-year plan he saw out the five-year plan and he got us not not him directly but you know, with his helper in Europe, no doubt with his negotiation skills and stuff that he, he done, you know, I'm sure he was a big part in, in bringing Bubakar Kamara to the club as well, as long, along with Steven Gerrard in fairness. So, yeah, he, he, he's he gone. He's gone with my blessing. And as I said, if, I stop, if, if he passed me in the street any day, I'll put out my hand and shake it 100%. 
Philly D makes the point here that personal follow people like, and you know what? I started to get shivers down the back of my, my neck when I went to these games. <laughs> so Paul Faulkner, if I'm not mistaken, Tom Fox, General Krunek, um, and Keith Wynas. So Perslow, mm. uh, you know, when you put him up against those guys, you know, he definitely gets the hand check as he's leaving the door, whereas the rest of them would have got a kick up the arse. Um, well, they were Paul, 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 Paul Faulkner, Paul Faulkner was, was a lovely good. man. A lovely yeah, man. he was good. Absolute, an absolute gentleman. Paddy, am I losing it? Or was the former head of the Bank of England, Mervyn King, part of our board at one time? He was. Yeah. He was. I must go well, back and revisit that mm. because that's... That, that, that was just something that just bumped into the back of my mind. If I remember, we had this kind of makeshift board of celebrity business people that were Villa fans there for a while. It was for a short period of time, wasn't it? I think it was just before. Was it with Wynus was trying to get rid of it? Was, was with the club? and Jeez, I don't remember. Okay. Was it around the time of the winding up order? I can't, I can't remember. That's, that's you what the no podcast revisiting I'm, that, Paddy. I'm looking at them names. You've, you've, you've probably got a, a, a whole... Uh... <laughs> Individual podcast to discuss everything that happened in in that in that sequence. Yeah. But look, we, he's he's completely stood out. Obviously, um, I would I, obviously I would put Paul Faulkner in the same thing because I think that that guy worked really really hard yeah. to try and get us to to to, to change and, and to be better. It just unfortunately didn't work out for him. And and I, I'm I had the pleasure of being in his company on a number of occasions, and he's a really really nice guy. But uh, apart from apart from that, I think you could strike off the rest of them from my memory. I remember Paul Faulkner giving a, a, an interview on Football Focus, I think it was, and he gave a tour of Aston Villa and he came across really, you know, just like a genuine person. I remember him all right. He was a foxy-haired fella, or am I getting him confused with somebody else? Not a team, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He went after Forrest, I think, afterwards. Um, I think he went to Forest. Sorry, this is this is some derailment. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, some derailment. Um, Remember Paddy Riley? <laughs> Paddy Riley. Oh my God, Paddy Riley. Yeah, there's there's a there's a Beano comic of of Aston Villa characters that was uh, that were around there for about a two or three year period. Uh, yeah, that's that's one. That's one that we might go back on. Yeah, we might go back in the decades <laughs> of Aston Villa Football Club. 2016 to, to 2020, you know, we'll be able there'll be a podcast in that in itself. But hopefully, somebody Paddy is going to come in that won't be a duck egg. Hopefully, he comes in first of all because we've been bitten in the arse by this already uh, previously with our director of football talk. But I think this is a bit more concrete considering that um, you know the pri the previous kind of working relationship between these two gentlemen. But it looks like Manchi and oh, I had his name written down here so that I could say his full name. Um, but it looks like Manchi, the man who had a fake um had a fake Rolex watch uh, when he played at Sevilla when Maradona played at Sevilla as well. And Maradona found out it was a fake, and Maradona went and bought him a real Rolex watch. That's a story <laughs> from 1992 that uh, about Manchi. Um, was it 82 or, or was it 82? I can't remember what it was. Um, but that's a story um, for that, that I read during the week about Manchi. But it looks like he's going to come into Aston Villa. It looks like he's going to leave Sevilla first of all. But this is very much a case of we won't count our chickens until he's holding the shirt on the pitch, you know, because it's uh, um, we've, we've been bitten before. But any views yeah. on him, Paddy? What's the thought process uh, on him? I did a bit on him earlier on today, so I'm yeah. going to um, on this one. Well, look, I've plenty of views on him. If like I, I don't want to harp on about anything you've you've spoken about before, 
How far uh, you want? That's what the people want. The people want it, Paddy. Yeah. Want well, well, look, the, the general consensus is that this is a positive thing. It's it's Uno Emery's man. It's who he wants to do the negotiations negotiations for him. They come. They're coming as part of a team. He he's coming to join the team under Uno Emery. From what I can see, it's a completely different setup to what it has been in the past. Um, like we can go, we can talk about the negativity that come out of when when he was at Roma. Um, and we could talk all day about the positivity when he was at Sevilla, Sevilla because they absolutely adore him there, absolutely adore him. The amount of people that turned up outside the stadium today to see what he was at, it was just a testament to the character he is and how well respected he is at, at Roma. Um, he He's obviously a very good football man, very clever man, very very uh, financially astute as well in his negotiations. Um, there's a long list of players that, that came into Sevilla and and were sold on for a lot lot more money. He made his mistakes at Roma, which are highly publicised as well. That could have went either way, and 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 very very unlucky with it apparently. But um, look, it's it's a it's a, it's a football appointment. I like football appointments. I, I I prefer football men doing the business, and 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 being uh, tactically astute as well as financially astute in there. And I think that's what Unai Emery wants from him. And it's probably completely different to what he was getting with Christian Porzlo, where it was just solely focused on the money end of it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got very distracted by Gazo because he said, I'm currently adding up the numbers behind Neil and got pissed off when I noticed that part. They get me laughing. But um, yeah, I, I echo an awful lot what you said there. Look, uh, I've spoken about... Uh, uh, about working relationships specifically when you're going to be spending these two guys will spend a lot of time together they've spent a lot of time together previously they've had good success um good success previously obviously isn't the precursor to replication again at another club but i think it's a it's the closest thing that you can get mm. um with a club like this in aston villa and look say what you like the keys have been handed to Emery. he probably didn't initially go for manchi because he probably didn't think he was attainable um, Alemany let us down and did a U-turn. Sevilla winning again uh, the cha- the um, European League, uh, the Europa League, should I say? Um, with an aging team, I suppose maybe Manchi just took a look at it and went, "I'm going to have to rebuild this again. May not have the money to do it. I no longer have the players like a Carlos Baca to sell to AC Milan or a Sergio Ramos to sell to Real Madrid or whatever the case may be." And he probably went, you know what, I, I think it's probably time for me to seek new pastures. And um... it is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special mom in your life. And what better way than with the Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets that are perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. 
Their advanced eye care duo brightens, awakens, and firms the skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths the skin all over. Both sets are packaged in giftable boxes. They're so beautiful you can skip the wrapping. And the best part? For a limited time, you can save up to $46 on Osea's sets. Plus, get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. This Mother's Day, get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. Go to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off site-wide. So be it. And and, and, and yeah. I think that that's probably where this came from. I don't think that it, like, I would imagine if you were to say to Unai Emery down and go, Unai, who would you like to work with? He'd go, well, Manchi was my own mucker at Sevilla. I'd love to bring him back again because the two of us did well together. And, and Graham Hunter... I echoed those sentiments, I think, uh, in the podcast I did earlier on today. So for me, I think it's an astute signing. It's not guaranteed success, but, you know, what you've done, what they've done, Aston Villa, or what Aston Villa have done here, if they do sign him, is you kind of take a variable out of can the two guys work together? Because you know they can. And that's, you know, that to me is, um, that to me is something that uh, is, uh, it's smart. I think that's smart for Aston Villa. It allows us to hit the ground running. Um, and, and obviously, when I am, we will know people from the Spanish League. Manchu will know them. Manchu will be able to go, hey, listen, I'm not going dealing with that with that uh, that sporting director or that owner of that club. This guy ain't coming anywhere near us. I tried to I tried to nab him for Sevilla last season. That fella's a nut job. I'm not going anywhere near him, you know. So they'll, be able, mm-hmm. they'll obviously be able to hit the ground running. I think one of the biggest things... From, from the point of view of getting a sporting director in, specifically somebody who wasn't active in, in the role. And Manchi is completely different to Alemania as well. Um, they're two completely different characters. Um, Alemania was never brought in to be the, the the transfer guy. He was there to be the negotiator guy and to get people back on a financial footing, the more administrative thing uh, side of things. Whereas Manchi has been credited with... with um, looking at transfers, finding transfers and and trying to include the, the manager within the transfer structure as well. So there is there is slight differences, I think, between the two. And well there's massive differences considering one is a football guy and the other guy's the other one is a lawyer and a and a, a financial expert. <laughs> so uh, there's two huge differences from how they see the game and where they're coming at it from there as well. So um I would be excited and I think everybody should because uh he is a pretty coveted, well, not pretty. He's a very much so coveted sporting director. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, if he comes Look, I think, I, think, I think the more people that Diona Emery has around him that he's comfortable with is important. You know, I, I had a conversation with a guy today about what's happening at Celtic. And we, like, any anyone who look, watches any Scottish football will know that Celtic have absolutely tore it up for the last two years under a manager that has brought in all his players mm-hmm. and you're just going, whoever comes in there, how are they going to sort that out? Like, how are they going to, pi- how are they going to pigeonhole all those players into their system? Cause it's, it's a very spe- specific um, tact- tactic that's used with those players. And, uh, you know, I, I think if, if Uno Emery comes in and has the people around him that know him and, you know, Manchi knows what, what makes him tick, what, what players fit into his system and, you know, heaven forbid, if someone touch wood came and took Emery away at some stage, at least there would be, you know, a, a proper squad in place for whoever would come in after. And that that's always the worry in my mind is that, you know, we're left screwed when someone walks away and the, there's there's no uh, no strength there, no depth there, you know, and, and, and there's, there's no hope of any continuity. So I think Manji coming in 
would would lead to a, an even longer term plan because you're upsetting so many people when 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 that all ends. And you know, I, I like the way he's kept certain people around. You know, the the likes of um, Austin McPhee and a couple of others are still around the place, and and he's happy enough to have them there. And uh, you know, he's he's just. He, he just seems to have our best interest at heart. He seems to be in it for the long term. You know, he, he was touted as going to Napoli during the week. You know, I, I don't see any way that They're this guy is not... was going to Napoli as a manager. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't see any way that w- this system is, is not going to be worked on or that he hasn't agreed to buy into this to, until the period of time that it stops working. So I, I, I think this is just a long-term project and I think it's it's a positive for keeping Unai Emery to bring, to bring the likes of Monchi in there. I think so too. A couple of comments here as well, Michael. Uh, Michael Hogan says, I think he sold Olsen to Villa. He bought Olsen as a replacement Olsen, yeah. for Alisson. So that's definitely a, a blot in his copybook at the time. But we bought Olsen from Everton, if I'm not or full Everton, yeah. Oh, Everton. Everton or Sheffield United down. or Everton or Fulham. I think <laughs> who was who's kind of hovering that after he left Villa? I think it was Sheffield on at Sheffield United. So yeah. I think it was from Sheffield United we got him. And um, but he did initially buy Olsen. Um, uh, Dave Rub- David Rubin says, I always thought that uh, Smith and Gerrard asking for, were asking for players, but Lange never got him in. Una wants someone who knows we, we get it done. I'm going to talk about Lange again in a moment because there is a, yep. a another question down here in, in a minute, and we can we can get the two of those in. Um, Gerrard got the people he wanted. I think that's fair to say with Coutinho, with, uh, with, with whoever. Oh, actually, I meant to say as well, um, Manchi has to apologise to all the fans because he loaned us Ludwig Augustinsson. Um, maybe that's what you guys are thinking about. Not Olsen. He loaned us Augustinsson. That's where it came from. But uh, getting back to this one, Smith and Gerrard. Um, I think Ger- I, I think in the main, Gerrard got who he wanted. Um, uh, specifically, I think with Coutinho. And um, uh, I would imagine that you know he wanted an out-and-out winger in Leon Bailey. Um, well, actually, he didn't sign Bailey. Sure, he didn't. That was signed under Dean Smith. But um, mm. yeah, that one's actually interesting. I'd like to go back and see maybe. But I, I always got the feeling that Gerard got who he wanted um, from from Langer. But I'm open to to um, correction on that. And Gary Howlett says, silly question, I know, uh, but is it wise to give so many decisions to Emery and all of his staff? What happens if he goes for whatever reason? Um, Langer is the answer there. This is why. Whenever, like, like, whenever somebody like Manchi comes in, or whenever we're linked with them, the first mind always goes to, "Oh, that's the end of of Johan Lange, Lange, Rob McKenzie, um, all these guys that are Adam Hamill, um, who was uh, Mark with Mark Harrison. All these guys, they're in the mainstays. It's almost like they're on a separate track of contract. I would imagine to what goes on in the immediate touching of the team." Uh, support staff if that makes sense you know the director of football the manager and stuff like that so if people if Emery does go we are we have a, a stream of people that are working away in the background and I think that Leon Lang has, has developed that uh, that scouting system and so on Chris Heck now coming in looking after the the overall financial side of things I think there probably will be one or two more appointments in boardroom uh, nothing to go on. I haven't heard anything like mm. that, but uh, there will be a couple of appointments in the boardroom that may um, just solidify the structure of the club. But uh, I think that's why, you know, when people come in, 
I always think yeah, they're coming into work like beside Johan Langer, beside the Rob McKenzie's, beside the um, Adam Hammers, the Mark Robbins, uh, Mark Harrison's all those as well. Um, yeah, so so Neil, I'm 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 intrigued by this. Gaz Oak says I just googled Alton and didn't realize he was a twin. I wonder did we get the twin brother or or did uh, did uh, <laughs> did Roma get the twin brother? Is that what happened? <laughs> is it a twin brother or does he have a twin sister? And oh, okay. <laughs> I is never googled to see is it a twin brother or a twin sister? Um, Robin Olsen twin. Um, I've got Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. If that's what you're uh, what you're wondering about, I think that's what it was, guys. Is it? I think you're making the Mary Kate and Ashley joke, was it? Um, oh man, <laughs> you got us anyway. If you did, um, <laughs> um. A couple of other comments there on... Uh, oh, sorry, uh, Michael Huggins. Thank you so much for that. Really love this podcast as you make everybody welcome. Looking forward to meeting you both next season. I may even push myself to half to half a Guinness with you, but a point will put me on my back. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm cro- I'm Cookie says, a toast to, jo- to John Beck. Uh, that's when... Um, that's our new financial uh, controller, as Danny said. John Beck. Um, a point of Becks for uh, John Beck. Um, and Jeff Beck and Chris Heck and all the rest of them. See, I, I had I had my tools down, Neil. I, I had my I had my microphone on the floor. I I, I was just wasn't prepared for this. Got <laughs> everyone's bloody name wrong. Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, Paddy, here's somebody that you'd be able to give a good opinion on. I think. Um, and Willie Moyes asked a question unrelated to anything that we've spoken about tonight. It's just a transfer yeah. question about Kieran Tierney. Um, yes. Talk to us about Kieran Tierney, Paddy. You know, on his day and when he's not in the flat of his back in the in the injury room, a super yeah. talented marauding left back. That, that, that's but, the problem. It's it's been on it's been on on the treatment table too often. So it like, don't get me wrong. I have a number sixty three Celtic short upstairs with Kieran Tierney on the back of it. I absolutely adore the guy. He was absolutely incredible and incredible on his day for for Arsenal as well, but. Far too injury prone for me. I just don't know how he's going to overcome them. So that one would definitely be a no for me. Hmm. Players with dodgy knees playing at the backs <laughs> for Villa. Yeah, never really worked out, did it? Never, never, no. really, never really worked out. No. Never really worked out. Um. Also, flight plane says Neil and Paddy. What are your views on Nico Williams? Paddy, do you know much about him? I, I've, I've watched a good bit of him, but um. <laughs> I have seen him a number of times and found him a very frustrating player to watch. But if Unai Emery was to bring him in, and I know this is a cliche now and everybody rolling it out, he would obviously bring bring him in knowing what he's capable of. So if he brings him in, I, I, I'm, all in I'm all in for it. Because he's still very young. There's still a bit of development there to do. I think he's only 21, is he? 21. So, uh, yeah. So... Absolutely fine if they sign him. Bit worried about the price tag that's that's hanging over him, but uh, who knows? Maybe we maybe we might do some negotiation and, and uh, ship someone out in his place. You never know. Um, for me, he is one of. He's probably up. If you were to look at the Spanish football federations uh, pipeline <clears throat> to success, if there is such a thing, you would see the guys that they have down there as Pedri, Gavi. Um, what's your man's name? Uh, Torre, the, the the young guy that plays with uh, Barcelona as well. He got a few minutes uh, recently. 
And I think Nico Williams is in there as well because Nico Williams gives you something that they don't. They're real um, good possession players, bursting forward, Gavi, Nico, um, uh, Nico Gonzalez, uh, Pedri, you know, really good players. And, and uh, Barcelona, like, I've, I've been a big um, proponent of... Where, you know, the, the business that Barcelona did when they were in the mire of getting in all these young players and they've gone away and they've signed the centre half whose name escapes me at the moment, who's tipped to be the next big thing at centre halves. And they've done some really good under the table business with regards to young young players. But Nico, getting back onto where Nico Williams falls and that, you know, from a Spanish point of view, they're pinning a lot of hopes on him to be a type of winger that they haven't had in a long time, direct, pacey. Um, tricky, uh, powerful kind of a runner. Yes, he's light. Do I have concerns about him in the Premier League? I, I don't really have concerns about him coming into the Premier League, but I, I would like to sit him down with a couple of uh, couple of snack box and, and gravy kind of combinations for a week or two <laughs> to try and put a bit of meat in his bones. Um, but he's like he comes from absolutely brilliant uh, pedigree of footballers. Uh, obviously, Iñaki Williams, his brother, is um, was an Ironman in, in Spain. He played however many of those games back-to-back for Atletico Bilbao. And um, you know, Nico Williams comes from that that pipeline of um, of talent as well, or, or, or genetics. So um, I would be all for it. I think he gives us something that we don't have. I think he's I think he's that helter-skelter player with your hair on fire type of English football player, this uh, football type of player. Um, that will get bums off seats, and he is a lot more um, end product orientated than Leon Bailey is uh, as such. So, so for me, uh, once again, Paddy, I think what you're saying is like, if we are deciding, we're going to have to far eclipse our our transfer record. But I think we're going to do that this this year anyway, this off season. So you know, we're going to have to do it on somebody. So it just depends mm. on who it's going to be, and it could very well be Nico. Well, I, I've just I've just started a message there. You'll you'll find where to find it. But that's the somebody I want to be to 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 break our transfer record. This is the one I have my uh, all my eggs in the one basket for. You can't find Pedro it. Gonzal- can Pedro Gonzalez. Yes, that's the one. That's the one. That's how you so, pronounce it. I got, I got a crash course in that from um from from a Brazilian guy in work about how to pronounce it. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's the one I want. Um, I think I said to you before that somebody had said to me that uh, uh Coutinho could have been in a, a make way for that one. Um, I've also started another comment there from one of our. Uh, Watchers, how do you find those comments? <laughs> I think uh, this is great. Is start the comment. Yeah. Maybe a Saudi club coming in for Coutinho. That's the one. So that that may that, this is the ideal scenario if, if we're going to get Coutinho off the off the payroll. If he needs to be taken off the payroll, I've, I think I've said before. If he goes off the payroll, I'm okay with it. If he stays on the payroll, I'm okay with it. I think he's capable of magic. I think he's. I think he's capable of having at least another couple of great seasons. He just needs to stay fit and needs to get a proper preseason under his belt, which he should get this time round. Should we still have him? Because he's not an international duty. He's away on holidays. He's getting plenty of rest, and then we, he'll be he'll be straight into it. Come uh, what are the second week in July? Um, I'm going to go back to Gonzalez for a moment, and this guy would be. Like, like, if somehow at the end of this transfer window we had a Nico Williams playing on the wing, able to stretch play, able to be that out ball, because like the pace that Nico Williams has, like if he's got if if the full back has has four or five yards in him, and you get a ball into Douglas Louise into the middle of midfield, and he plays a raking ball up over that that full back's head, that full back's in trouble. Nico Williams is that fast. 
he is lightning. He's grease lightning down there. And, you know, we don't have that pace aspect outside of an Alex Moreno. Um, we do, we sh- we're supposed to have it in Leon Bailey, but um, I don't think Leon Bailey fully knows how to control his pace or, or, or how to stutter step or whatever. Nico Williams is lightning fast and, and he's young enough um, that, he, that he and he's and he's good enough, should I say, to be able to control it because he utilizes it as a, as, as a big aspect. Now, if somehow we were to have Nico Williams doing that and then a number 10 in the number 10 role, this guy below, Pedro Gonzalez, like transformation the the ability that this guy is that Gonzalez has to be able to to play the ball into his feet with two fellas hanging off him retain possession turn and spray a progressive pass or make a, a shot creating action or goal creating action is brilliant albeit a lot of his statistics come in the Portuguese league they still have four or three top games every every season six top games every season when you consider they have to play them home and away and more seasons than not they're in the they're in uh, top European competition and they get quite far in it as well so it's not just a case of watching this fella beat Cassiopeia or beat uh, um, you know lesser teams within uh, within uh, the Portuguese league you know when you watch him against Portos the Benficas the Bragas uh, hopefully against uh, in years to come the Vitória de Gomares when they start to rule that league as well and um, you know when you see him play against those teams he is their main creative outlet and Villa are crying out for a creative 10 if we are only going to play one up top and uh, step forward this guy. But once again, he's going to be in the 50 million bracket if we're going to sign mm-hmm. him. And uh, yeah. could you imagine Aston Villa spending 100 million on two players? That would be um, that would be new. That would be new territory. For I, us. So, yeah. I'm I not quite sure what happens. I wouldn't rule it out. I'd I, love I it. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out this time around. Um, I, I, I think it's time. I, I think we will take in a couple of players either on the cheap or on discovery from... Whatever, whatever scouting network is out there working for us, I think I think there is a couple of gems to be unearthed that way. But I do think we're going to spend big. I do think we're going to we're going to at least spend, or we could break our record on two players. Right. I, yeah. I believe that, but I do believe that we could still, uh, when when we get to the end of this, including another backup goalkeeper, and I want to talk about that in a minute as well. But I, I do think we'll sign a backup goalkeeper, but. Uh, I, t- I think we could sign up to six players in this transfer window. Um, Paddy, I'm going to ask you this one from John Steele. What about a snaky bid for Brennan Johnson from Forrest? I've, I have opinions on Brennan Johnson, and they're probably not the same as a lot of other people. <laughs> they're probably the same as mine. <laughs> um, it's, I don't think we've discussed no- this player either. Yeah, it's a no from me. 100% no from me. Uh I, I just think there's there's a lot more out there that will do a better job for us. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rein in on him. He just he just hasn't done it for me consistently and I've watched a lot of Forest because they're a team I would have had a little bit of love for. But uh I I, I just I just think he, he's in a struggling team. He could probably do a bit better than being in that forest side. Um I'd like to see him in another side, but I would not take the risk of what they're gonna charge for him with Aston Villa. Um Brennan Johnson is a player that has superb potential. Um, I think I just not sure that he. Uh, and I could, sorry, I'm not sure he's going to realize it at Forest statistically last season. As a as a, uh, I know he played up top for a good bit, but statistically, when he played as an attacking midfielder, he was statistically one of the worst players in the league last season. Uh, statistic wise, himself and Brennan and Brendan Aronson were statistically. 
two of the worst. The, the, I think they were the the two worst uh, midfield players um, in the attacking midfield um, sense um, in the league last season. That's not to say he's a bad player. Um, for me, I think that, like you said, Paddy, my opinion on it is he's got superb potential. Um, I'm not sure who gets that, who who gets him to reach his potential, or whether his potential goes much further than where it is within, uh, uh, unless he finds a, a squad whereby you know, like if you were to drop him into an Arsenal squad, I think he will excel in there. If you were to put him, um, put put him in that role, I'm not quite sure he excels yeah. within this Aston Villa team because I think that uh, a lot of work will be put in his shoulders, and maybe he is able for it. I probably haven't seen enough on him, but for like you said, Paddy, there the money they're going to be looking for Brennan Johnson could be close to the 40 million mark or 30 million yep. mark. I'm just not sure we had, I'm not sure he's the player that we need for that, for that money. And based on what he's uh, on the Premier League sample set that, that he's seen already scored, scored a few goals. All right. But was in the lowest uh, percentage percentiles for passing a possession rate of, of uh, any attacking midfielder uh, in, um, uh, was in the low percentiles throughout the whole of uh, Europe's top five leagues. He wasn't the worst in the top five leagues. That's what I'm saying. But he was in the very low percentiles. I think he was in the bottom percentile. Um, you know, mm-hmm. looking at an FB ref for for stuff like that. So that's and that's what I'm looking for to see if my eyes kind of deceive me or not. And you know, he he gives away possession. So if, if we don't like the players we have giving away possession, and he does it more, well then you know, um, yeah. I, I'm not quite sure that coming into this setup with Una Emery, where he dictates a lot of possession. And a lot of progressive play. Um, the the Brendan Johnson would be the player for me. Now, look, uh, the, the egg on my face. I, if I if there is egg on my face at any stage, I'll wipe it off and 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 stick it back in my mouth. You know, I've no problem being wrong, but I just don't think at this point in time that Brendan Johnson is worth the money. Or do I don't think that for that money we have the time to wait for him to reach his potential. Yeah, I think we both agree on that one. So do we? <laughs> I didn't think we would. I actually, I genuinely didn't think we would. Um, and. Uh... We we've made it, Neil, because there's 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 Man U fans here trying to know, sell us Harry Maguire. I know. I know. I saw that. I saw that. It's over for Aston Villa because the Qatar family and Mbappe are going to Man United. More power to United if that is the case. Um, more power to you, uh, for sure. Um, oh, last one. We're going to finish in this one because this is only supposed to be a uh, a personal Manchi podcast, but I'm enjoying this. Actually, someone asked, so Johnny Five Fit says, Neil, think you guys should do a football daily style video assessing the current squad and gaps, and two, assessing the ranking and serious tar- uh, ranking the serious targets being linked. It, it's crossed our mind, but um, uh, I wouldn't rule it out. But we're almost doing a, a daily podcast as it is. I, I, I'm popping on here. Well, I, I haven't been recently, but more often than not, I, I, I try and get five, five podcasts out a week anyway. But um, yeah, if there is anything that breaks, we will certainly discuss it here. But last question for us, Paddy, is from Richard Edwards. And he says, do you think that Philodine Bidace and um, uh, PBD? Yeah. Jaden Philodine Bidace, I presume oh, that's, oh, yeah. yeah. And, and oh, yeah. Archer, uh, get any minutes? Uh, yes, I do. I, I think both of them will stick around in, in the preseason. Yeah. I do. I, I think Philodine Bidace... Hasn't had an opportunity to to train with Unai Emery, and I don't think he'll be in a hurry to send him out. I think he'll leave him around for the summer. <clears throat> I think we'll see him play a couple of games in America. I think we'll see him against Lazio in those games, and I think he'll make up his mind on him then. But uh, I I think, given the homegrown players you need for Europe, I think he could stick around till the last minute, and then if if we have other options, he might ship him out in time for the loan. 
I I think J I think JBP could be somebody that could be sold this uh because I think if I'm not mistaken mm. and unless they've they've signed a new contract, I think his contract is up next next season. I'm open to interpretation and that open to correction, should I say. I think his contract is up. You know, selling one player for like two, three million. I think you get three million. I think you get four million for, for finishing Bidace yeah. at the moment. He had a really good season at Cardiff last mm-hmm. year. At Cardiff won't be buying him because I think they're a bit strapped at the moment. Yeah. But um I think if you sell a player like that for for a three, four million, a hundred percent profit goes back into the into the academy that runs the academy for the year and some probably runs it for about two years, to be honest with you. Um, you know, and I think the club will while they're not penny pinching from that point of view. Um, you know, we let contracts run down this season. We probably could have got a couple of hundred thousand last year for uh, Brad Brad Young. We probably got could have got um, a couple of hundred thousand for Ch- Caleb Chukweka. All these guys, you know, um, and that kind of keeps things ticking over. And the academy should really be paying for itself. And I know it's only small fry, but it should really be doing that. And I just think there will come a time where you sell off a player like that for three, four million. And I think. I don't. I don't want it to happen. I just have a hinge, a hunch that that Philogene Bass yeah. could be the guy that sold because uh, his stock may not be as high as uh, as as it is for Aston Villa. Because if he comes back and we take a look at him and we let him go out on loan again after the first round of the League Cup is over, like uh, because we're not going to be in the the first two rounds of the League Cup, or if I'm, or I'm not going to be in the first round of the League Cup. So if we let him go after that's over without him playing in that. That's a month and a half gone, or it's a month, six mm. weeks gone in the league already. You know, so um, I just don't know. I don't know. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he was one yeah. of the people that was sold this season. You know, what we'll do Neil when when yeah. we when we've more time, we we'll we'll do a, a show where we go through everybody and we'll do a should I stay or should I go? That's do you know what we've been talking about doing a pre a, a season review, like we're what we're three weeks out since the season finished last season. Does anyone really Is want it? to want the season <laughs> review? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys want the season review. Let us know in the comments, and we we'll do that. But uh, I I would like to go through the should I stay or should I still, should I go um pod for for all the players. We we'll go down to every single squad number, and we'll do it. And we'll spend four days at it if we need to. Um, <laughs> Ryan C asks a question. Ryan C, you know the answer to this if you're asking me this question, Jonathan David. I would like to put on record to say I was the first person that wanted Jonathan David at Aston Villa. Football. Yes, you were. I think it was yeah. about two years ago. I did a piece on him uh, about being a perfect about being a, a perfect striker for Aston Villa. So yes, I would adore Jonathan David coming in. And if we had David uh, Gonzalez and uh, Nico Williams, there would be quite a lot of podcasts done over the course of next season with no pants on because uh, it would be just it'd be too hot. Like there'd be too much too much brilliant stuff going on in the field. Uh, wouldn't have time to put on my pants. Um, that's yeah. the way things would be. Um. <laughs> a couple of people have asked this question about the new kit. We won't see the new kit until America, as far as I know. So yeah. don't don't expect to be buying it for your holidays unless you're going on holidays after the American trip. Um, I would imagine it'll be released just before the American trip, but we wear it in America, but we may not be able to get it until it comes out. Until <laughs> back. Um, yeah. Cool, excellent. Listen, I gotta go. I gotta go and pretend like I got, I'm going to get some sleep. Um, it's good for the soul and good for the mind. Um, I'm also. <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm honestly, I was telling Paddy before this, not only do we have a colicky baby who's very vociferous through the whole night, I'm also sleeping in another room. We've had our we've had our house been done up, as you guys know. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and I'm laughing at this because I, I, I it's, it's better than crying. The electrician wired up a light. 
and we can't turn the feckin' light off in the bedroom that I'm sleeping in. And short of tripping the main switch for the house, I can't turn the light off. And I'm not sleeping in the same room because the baby's screaming at night. So I'm sleeping in And I can't even screw out the bulb because it's not a screw out bulb. It's an LED panel on, on, on the ceiling. So I'm literally there. It's like some sort of torture. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's getting fixed tomorrow. And I might be able to get some sleep after that. But you guys don't need to know the trials and travails of my uh, my slumber habits, but it's um yeah. And now you ask everything. Villa says, yeah, I've, I considered it. I went to the I went down to the pharmacy today, and I was going to ask, and I chickened out. Ask for an eye mask, and I chickened out uh, because I uh, um I but I didn't know what kind of looks they give me. But um, I'm just gonna have to suck it up and put a black bag over the over the light. Neil, you need to go into that. just go into Mister Price in the morning and buy yourself an eye mask. Yeah, yeah. At this at this time of year, everyone should have one. Should the the room is lighting up at five o'clock in the morning? Yeah. You have to have an eye mask. Well, look, yeah. There's a bit of free advice from Paddy. Anyway, get your eye masks. Get your. I might get might get uh, Aston Villa eye masks. We'll see. Um, we'll see. Actually, I saw Rick Leong. All those guys over in the um over in the the the. North American Lions clubs. Remember, they did something for ESPN, was it? Where they had to, they were getting up really early for a game, and they yes. all had Justin Villa yeah. eye masks. Yeah, they did. See if I can get he one of those, he might send it to you. Yeah. No, spicy price. He wants to know what Mister Price is. Uh, Google it. It's a discount store here in Ireland. Discount store here in Ireland and in, and in Australia, I think it is. Yeah, but we're really in the weeds if we were explaining. We might do a full podcast on Mister Price as well. Do you know? <laughs> Well, if they want to sponsor the podcast, they're more than welcome. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. We got to go. We're talking absolute chocolate here for the last uh, for the last five minutes. So um, we're going to see you, everybody. We'll see you again. I'll probably come back on tomorrow. Go talk about a couple of central midfielders uh, that I like. I don't think we're finished with central midfield position, so I'm going to talk about a couple of central midfielders in a scouting series. If you guys something that you like, click on the subscribe button, and we'll see you tomorrow. In the meantime, have a great night. And uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.